Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Okay, so it has been a minute. A hot minute, but we're back. But we're back, bitches. With creepy accounts. So creepy that maybe you need a little bit more than wine to get through it. And maybe pour up that vodka. Maybe. Just... Or the tequila. Or the tequila. Whatever you want, pour that shit up because it's about to get spooky for creepy accounts. Yeah. Volume... And what I'm really loving about this one, okay, thank God some of you guys finally pulled it together and yeah, sent us in. Yeah, thank you guys. We really appreciated we it. We really appreciated it um, because we were struggling. Um, but I'm loving the Sunday brunch creepy account vibes mm-hmm. that we're getting from this. Yeah. I really am. I'm totally here for it. It's going to be Sunday dinner for you guys, but um, Sunday brunch for us. Yeah. We had a great day in the sun. Yep. We're burnt. <laughs> Fuck. We are a little buzzed, burnt, buzzed, and ready to talk about some spooky. Yeah. Do you want to tell them what you made? Oh, yeah. I really don't remember. Um, it's Tito's? Sh- <laughs> no, I don't. Trader Joe's um, sparkling lime water with tons of Tito's vodka. Tons and, and then uh, Aperol spritz. I mean, Aperol spritz. Aperol. And then I um, blended that up into like a frosé looking ordeal and then poured rosé over top of it. So, so good. We're going to have migraines. Yeah. Um, but we're feeling good. Especially because we were in the sun. Yeah. But we're feeling good. <laughs> and I made some banana bread. So we put some of that down and we're That's just good. ready to go. All right. We're here. Let's so do it. Do we have an intro for creepy accounts? Dun, dun, I, we haven't done them in so long. Volume three. Creeps and Crimes, Volume 3. Creepy account. Beep, yeah, beep. that's it. That's the one. No, we don't have an intro. Do you guys want to hear the regular intro just because like it sets the mood for you? All right, let's go ahead. And All right. It. Well, if you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And let's get creepy. creepy. Accounts. <laughs> Accounts, Volume 3. Okay, so I'm going to be reading the first story. Um... Again, we're so excited for this. I'm so excited. Especially this first story, um, this was a response to right. one of our episodes, and that was episode 31, The John Bonet Part 2 and Reincarnation. And this story is from Chelsea from Crime and Crime Again podcast. She has a great podcast. Oh, it's such a great podcast. Go check her out. Go um, check her out. It's such great material and super spooky. Right. So she DMs us on Twitter, and she says, So my birthday is February 10th, 1996. I've always been really fascinated by like 1500s, 1600s, 1700s monarchies, particularly England and France. So like the Tudors, Anne Boleyn, Marie Antoinette, Mary Queen of Scots, 
those big names in history. Even the Wars of the Roses, which were a little earlier in the 1400s. I've never understood why, but I'm almost obsessed with it. I watched a ton of period dramas from those eras, like Rain, Feel You, Girl. I feel you on that. I love Rain. And The Tudors, movies like Marie Antoinette or Elizabeth the Golden Age. I listen to podcasts and audiobooks about powerful women from those eras. I just cannot get enough of it. Even non-historical shows that kind of feature those eras in time. For example, Outlander. I just love them. She said, so I did a little digging and I found a few people who died on my birthday, but centuries ago, Lord Darnley, who was married to Mary, Queen of Scots, was actually murdered on February 10th, 1567, and they never figured out who actually did it. So that's interesting considering my fascination with Mary, Queen of Scots, but one other person stood out to me in particular. Now, keep in mind, I'm absolutely obsessed with not just those eras in time, but specifically the powerful women of those times, so queens, duchesses, etc. Anne of Austria was queen of Poland, who married the king of Poland and became queen of both Poland and Sweden in 1592. She died on February 10th, 1598. The really interesting thing here, though, is that I've always wanted kids, but when I was pregnant, I had the severe, nearly debilitating fear of childbirth. Despite my pretty much perfect health and easy pregnancy, I was so petrified that I would die in childbirth. I couldn't even look up the statistics on maternal mortality because it was so triggering. I would frequently send myself into sobbing panic attacks during my pregnancy just by thinking about the possibility of dying in childbirth. I felt logically that it was unrealistic and that I would most likely be fine, but this was such a deep fear that I could not shake. I remember frequently saying things like, you don't know what could happen. I could hemorrhage or something. Also, I was 23 when I was pregnant, and by the time she was born, I was getting really close to 24. Well, Anne of Austria died of hemorrhage during childbirth, and she was 24 years old. <gasps> so I, this was all through a Twitter DM. So I'm responding back to Chelsea, and I'm like, I have chills. You are 100% Anne of Austria. Because there's, remember in the episode, there was a few things about reincarnation, like it, abnormal fears or right. anxieties that you get about something. And oftentimes it lines up on the timeline of when you're born, when someone was dead, even if it's a hundred years prior. Right. So she says, I literally got chills when I got to that part of her biography. And I said, that's so insane. Everything matches timelines, fears, passions, and obsessions. And she says, there was a couple others that were interesting, but she 100% aligns with me. So I look this woman up, Anne of Austria. And guys, there literally was a physical resemblance between Chelsea and Anne of Austria. Oh, my God. And I said, stop. I literally see a physical resemblance. I said, I can't get over this. And then, of course, we asked her if this would be okay to put in our creepy accounts. And she said, that would be awesome. So thank you, Chelsea, for submitting that. Um, I love hearing what people think what they were in reincarnation. That's crazy dope everything lines up to what you're saying definitely like if you guys are like questioning like what you might have been in a past life check it out check it out look at people who died around or on the time mm -hmm. of your birthday in the ways that you died it might not be some famous right and whatever. she's obsessed with this time period right. and she's she was terrified of her childbirth and 
the timeline, like everything about it is so crazy. And then when I went, look, when I went and looked up Anne of Austria, I was like, holy shit, Chelsea, I think that that's you. <laughs> I like, I think, think I think that you were the queen. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for sending that in. That was awesome. And don't forget to go check out her podcast. It's called Crime and Crime Again podcast. And I think it's on the same platforms as ours yeah, too. So. I think so I listen on uh, Apple podcast, so I know for sure it's on there. All right. So You're it's up. my turn. So the second story we have for you was submitted by Samantha and Samantha and I have gone back and forth on a few emails, um, but I totally love her vibe and everything about her. Yeah, she was dope. Right. She's dope. So, you know, when you just like feel that vibe mm-hmm. from someone, even if it's through a few, few messages, like I feel it with her. So she says, um, my husband swears I'm haunted, but they never bother me, only him. LOL. I'm a terrible writer, though, so bear with me, girl. Tell you on that. You know I'm a terrible reader, so <laughs> this, this is going to be interesting. Same, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was younger, my cousins talked me into doing a seance. Keep in mind, I was 13 years old, and I didn't know any better. <laughs> LOL, same. Uh, Anyways, weird shit started to happen. Although we didn't make contact with anyone specifically, we would hear running through the house, oh my God, Mm. or one night, what we thought was my grandmother screaming in her sleep. She did this often, but it actually wasn't her. Oh my God. She wasn't even sleeping. She thought it was us. Oh no. no. We don't know what it was, but it scared the shit out of us. Our cats would hiss and growl at nothing, and anytime you would open up the basement door, you would get this heavy, uneasy oh, feeling. Oh, it's always the basement. Ugh. I wouldn't and still won't to this day go down there alone. It is so bad. I don't know what we conjured, but it definitely wasn't good. Fast forward to when I moved into my first apartment with my husband, who thinks I'm haunted. Mine does too. Don't worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's fine. Um, He woke me up in the middle of the night, freaking out, saying that there was an older lady standing in the doorway of our room. Sure enough, there was. Oh my God. My whole entire body just freaked out. I told it to leave and did it. A week ago, a week or so later, sorry, I'm so excited reading this. I'm getting all caught up in my brain. <laughs> a week or so later, my brother and his friend came to stay the night and his friend freaks the fuck out saying that there's a black figure <gasps> with red eyes behind my chair in the living room. I never saw it, but he <laughs> never wanted to come back over. It scared him so bad. He didn't even say the night. Later on, my brother, me and my two kids were uh, at the time, were at my house alone, and we heard something beating on my front door. We go to look, and there was nothing. Oh, my God. A few minutes later, again, boom, boom, boom. We look, again, nothing. So I stand by the door and hear the knocking again. Boom, boom, boom. I yank it open, thinking that it's some kids being an asshole or something. I then cleansed the the hell out of my house because fuck that. There was nothing again. And now all we ever hear is random running through the house. If you like this one, I can tell you about the time my whole family witnessed the kids, the kids ghost playing fetch with my, the kid ghost. Sorry, I'm a terrible reader. Playing fetch with my dog in the house. I can't make this shit up. Samantha, send that shit in right now. Send that shit in right now. Fucking now. That was insane. That was, 
I'm got chills all I over my body. I hate that for you. Sorry if I read that like a complete fucking idiot. I I'm was freaking scared. out. <laughs> I was freaking out the whole time I read it. Yeah, I'd keep cleansing the hell out of that house. Hell yeah. You need to call him back up too. Yeah. I would go ahead and get someone else come checking in on that shit. If you need someone in Knoxville, I go I know a girl. Yeah. Give me a call. Shoot me an email. Come over to my house. I don't give a fuck. Come talk to me. We got to have a conversation. That's insane. Oh my God. That is ah, dope. Okay. so scary. Ah, okay. Thanks so much for submitting that, Samantha. Thank you, Samantha. And yeah, we do want to hear that. Yeah, go ahead and send, send that, that in. one in like, uh, tonight. <laughs> I need to read it tonight. Um, so the third one we have is from one of our sisters um, from our sorority, and her name is Valerie. She has a great Instagram right now. It's called Dope. Valerie and the Stars. It's about astrology, all that shit. It's super cool. If you guys like that, go check her out. So she emails us. She says, hi, I can't believe it took me this long to think to write in about this creepy account. Whenever you guys ask listeners to write in about creepy accounts, I'm like, come on, you guys, write them in. I want to hear them. Well, turns out I am those guys. Oops. I'll give myself a little slack because I actually wasn't born yet in this story. Okay, we give you slack. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll cut you some But slack. still a little mad. <laughs> but we feel you on that about the whole, come on, guys, write that shit in. That's me every episode. <laughs> um, she says, before I get started, here's the link to the newspaper article that was written about this UFO sighting. So you can check it out at San Diego Extraterrestrial Sightings Heat Up. And we'll put it in our um, show notes. Yeah. At the bottom. Yeah, 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 cool. She says, basically, right off the bat, they get some of the information wrong. So I'll tell it like how my parents have always told it. So it's 1990, and I'm just vibing in my mom's ovary. Same. Love that. Not here yet, but my sister is too, and she and my parents are living in San Diego. My mom was in college at the time, and she was sitting at the kitchen table studying. My sister was already asleep in her crib, not in my dad's arms like the article says. And my dad was outside taking out the trash. My mom said the windows were open open and she heard my dad call her name but she ignored him because she was busy studying and he didn't want to help or and she didn't want to help him with the trash relatable i feel that i shit. feel that 100 absolutely ignore them too i'm like can't hear you sorry <laughs> sorry couldn't hear what you said i was in the zone she says her dad calls again and this time he sounded serious so her mom went to see what was going on overhead there were lights approaching and they stopped directly over their heads the lights were moving in an oval shape and trailing each other extremely fast. Everything else was completely silent. No motor, no wind, no crickets, or dogs barking. It was just completely silent. They said it was impossible to make out the size and shape of the craft, but if they had to guess, it was about the length of a football field away from them. Then suddenly, it seemed like the craft tilted and the lights changed shape, and my mom and dad both describe it as a W with an extra V. So like... Imagine that or written out like a W and a V together. Right. That's what the lights look like. Three. West Virginia? Is that you? <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> um, my mom said at that point she thought to look around to see if anyone else was seeing this besides the two of them, but they didn't see anyone. She said that they should call someone, but didn't even know who to call, so they first tried the police. Right. My dad went in to call, and my mom was out there alone, and then it hit her that her baby was inside. And she immediately got terrified that something was happening to the baby oh my God. or that they wanted to abduct her or test her. So she ran in and luckily my sister was completely fine. <sighs> still asleep in her crib. God, Valerie. I know. By the time, <laughs> by the time my dad made the call and my mom went in, the UFO was gone. The police gave them a hotline to call. Apparently it was happening frequently enough that a hotline was a thing. Oh my God. And those people took it very seriously and came over the next day. They even interviewed my parents separately to get both of their stories. 
That was when they told them if they could have stayed outside a little longer, they would have seen military jets chasing it <gasps> in the direction it was traveling. Shut up. Shut up. Oh, shit. Shut the fuck up. Keep going, Morgan. You, you then, don't shut up. Valerie, you shut up. <laughs> since then, no one in my family has had an experience like that. I was just talking to my mom about it again to make sure I had the story straight before writing in to you guys. And I told her that after listening to your podcast and learning more, that the UFO was probably scanning them and reading their thoughts. And she goes, I bet they were wondering what, oh, fuck, meant. Because that's all I could think over and over in my head when it was happening. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's fucking they're hilarious. They're like Googling. They're like, they're like, oh, fuck. Google search. Hey, <laughs> hey, Siri, what's oh, fuck? Alexa, oh, fuck. <laughs> Definition. <laughs> she says, okay, so that's it for the UFO story, which was really my main event. And you honestly don't even have to use that part. Okay, it's not lame. That was dope. Um, <laughs> but if you haven't already heard about this, I swear OU, as in Ohio University, not Oklahoma, I know, I know, is haunted. Like, very, very haunted. Like, haunted, insane asylum haunted. Morgan, now that I think of this, might be a topic you want to cover someday. Look it up, and specifically, the Ridges body stain. Dude, it's crazy. If you ever want to cover this someday, let me know, and I'll give you more of the OU lore. Please send that shit in. Please send that in. Um, I first, I know a lot of people that went to Ohio University, so this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, I went there my freshman year of college. I grew up in Ohio. Can you even believe my parents lived in San Diego and chose to raise me in Ohio? Rude. Rude. No, girl, I cannot, because there is nothing going on in Ohio, no. and they fucked you There over. is not shit. But you know what? Probably on a lot of UFO sightings. Yeah, probably. And she said, and everyone I know has some sort of ghost story there. Mine is like child's play compared to some of the other more notorious stories at the university. My friend lived in Washington Hall, which is said to be haunted by a girls basketball team after they stayed there for a basketball tournament and died in a bus accident on the way home. One day, I went to hang out at her dorm in the middle of the day. And when I was leaving, I went down the stairwell. Nope. She lived on... Sorry, I got lost. She lived on the top floor, and I absolutely know that no one was behind me when I went down. Once I got down, like half a flight, I heard the door that I had just used to get in the stairwell open and then slam, followed by footsteps running down the stairs. Now, this was close to me. Like, I had barely started going down, but I was like, oh, shit, this bitch is late for class or something. I got to hustle. Right. So I started running down, too, and I turned my head around when I got to the turns to see who was there but literally no one was there. Oh my God. There were only four flights of stairs, but it happened the entire way down. Oh my, it kept going. It happened the entire way down until I got to the lobby. And when I got there, no one else was there and there was no other place for them to go. As weird as it was, it really wasn't that scary. Like there was no sense of fear that came over me. And honestly, just think it was an innocent spirit, probably one of the basketball, basketball girls running a drill. Okay, sorry, this is a freaking novel. I had a glass of wine after work and it went straight to the dome. Y'all inspire me to drink. But I hope you enjoyed the stories and please feel free to cut whatever you need. I know it's a lot. I can't tell you how much I love the podcast and I'm so proud of what you're both doing. L-I-T-B, love Valerie. L-I-T-B, girl. And then she sent us the link. So we will be sure to post that link. Okay, first off, OU. Um, maybe it was just like an innocent girl, like running basketball drills, but she, poor bitch. she's like, what is Valerie, this you're telling at? me you were 
weren't scared. You're hearing behind you. And you're just like, she's like, oh shit, someone's like in a class. I gotta go. And then, oh, I'm transferring to the University of Tennessee. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I gotta go. I gotta go. Literally, Valerie's just being a real bitch in there, being like, I gotta hustle. This girl's behind me. We gotta run. Blah, blah, blah. Turns around. Oh shit, bitch. Oh shit. Not a soul. I love that. And the UFO, that's insane. Your mom's hilarious too. I wanna be friends with her. Oh my God. I wanna be friends with your mom. I love how they were just like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck? Oh my God, we have a kid inside. Oh my God. Baby, we gotta go. 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 Call cops. I love that. Thank you for sending that. I cannot believe military. I know that's insane. I'm I'm freaked out. I know. And if that shit were to happen today, like what what was the year? She said 1990. 1990. Yeah. If that were to happen today, they'd be like, um, Elon. Elon Musk, SpaceX jets. Don't even worry about them. They're just rockets. Yeah, don't worry about it. We were just practicing with flying cars. We just cars. something in space. Like, bull fucking shit you bullshit. were. Bullshit. Bullshit. I love that they were, like, more honest back then. They had a UFO hotline. Right. We need that. Yeah. Thank you, Valerie. That was great. That was a dope stories. Loved both of them. Yeah. Check out Valerie and the Stars. Because, girl, I think that you might have been in the Stars if you want to know or not. Oh. I think you were in the Stars. I think you were taken into the Stars. Maybe something happened in the ovaries and gave you this, like, yeah, sixth sense. Astrology. Yeah. Sixth sense. Or maybe you were put there by the aliens. Mm, Oh, okay. Valerie, don't get freaked. Valerie, Valerie get are you an alien? <laughs> we have a serious question. All right, all right. Next, next. All right, it's my LITV. Time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for sending that one in. Okay, friends. So this one is a little different. It's not a written-in creepy account, um, but it's a case that was sent, and I just kind of want to discuss it a little bit because I don't know that there's enough information for me to cover an entire episode on it just yet but I did want to mention it because we got this really sweet email so this is from Chris and it says dear Taylor and Morgan hello from Minnesota I just wanted you to know how much I enjoy listening to your podcast you two girls are so funny and cool I discovered your podcast like maybe a month ago so I guess I'm a new listener but I'm already a big fan I've been a true crime addict as long as I can remember, although I have many other interests, primarily football, in particular, the Minnesota Vikings. True crime is still right up there, though. Instead of scrolling down and starting at the very beginning of your podcast, I kind of just go all over the place and pick and choose which one I will listen to next, but I'm definitely going to listen to them all. Maybe you've already looked into this case, but if you haven't, could you please look into the case of a young woman named Autumn Lee Stone? I believe this happened in Seattle. She was pulled from a lake dead with a shoestring tied tightly around her neck. Lake Stevens? Um, no, but... (laughs) Question mark. Um... Pulled from a lake dead with a shoestring tied tightly around her neck. Her shoes were found without the laces laying side by side each other on the beach. Apparently, the Seattle PD ruled this a suicide. I've never heard anybody uh, taking laces out of their shoes and swimming into a lake and then tying it around their neck so tight that it strangles themselves. It's pretty fucking unbelievable if you ask me. I was wondering if you could look into this if you haven't already. Thank you for taking the time to read this. I wish you both nothing but happiness and prosperity going forward peace be with you always p.s i'm definitely team crime fucking one in a million baby, hey, baby. finally um but, <laughs> but i still like listening to morgan talk about spooky shit it's so interesting and i'm always waiting for the day something paranormal happens to me it'll probably scare the crap out of me but it'll be so worth it so i can write it in oh, i hope so too but not really <laughs> i i hope that for you but i hate that for you at yeah. the same time Okay, so I looked up this case. I read about it. It's such a 
weird case, like whatever. But um, I'm just going to read to you guys from this um, article that I found. So I'm reading it verbatim. This is none of my own research. Um, It's from the Spokesman Review, and it is by Daniel Gilbert and Asia Fields from the Seattle Times. And the title of this is um, Undetermined, a a Suspicious Death at Seattle's Green Lake and an Investigation's Limit. And this was published on Sunday, November 22nd, 2020. All right, so I'm just going to get started. On a late summer afternoon, Justin Kearns took his paddleboard and pushed off into the glass water of Seattle's Green Lake. He traced the path that his young daughter had taken gliding by a dark object that he thought was a turtle at the time. It didn't move in in at least 30 minutes. So weird, he thought. On his return, uh, he paddled closer and made out the shape that sent his mind racing it was a person he checked for signs of life and then hurried back to the shore to call 911 it was okay first off i need to stop and make a note right here you what a good person for checking for signs of life because i I don't know that i would have been able to do it like i would have done it because of fight or flight but like right it would have taken a lot out of me i feel that you know so it was just after 4 p.m on august 30th 2019 a police officer arrived within minutes. He waded into the water through the mill foil, stumbling across a rocky lake, lake bed until he reached the body. It was the body of a young woman, her vest zipped all the way up. The officers and firefighters struggled with the zipper, forcing it open, revealing a shoelace bound around her neck. Autumn Lee Stone, 23-year-old, mother of a toddler and a newborn, had been strangled to death. How she came to be floating 20 yards from the shore in one of the city's most popular parks on a crowded day in the middle of a Friday afternoon led Seattle police detectives to consider foul play, but not for long. Almost immediately, they they formed a theory. Autumn was fully clothed except for her shoes, which investigators found without the laces some distance apart in the bushes near where she was pulled from. Police saw no signs of a struggle and concluded concluded that she had no defensive injuries. An hour after the 911 call was made, a police spokesman told the Seattle Times reporter that the death in Green Lake was a was probably a suicide. No witnesses came forward to report anything unusual. The lead detective later obtained obtained yes that um, what what he considered to be a suicide note. Two weeks after Autumn's death, he closed the case. So. Literally hours, they went and they basically told the public that it was a suicide. And within two weeks, they closed the case. Mm-hmm. That's a little too red flaggy for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Police department's off. Right. This level of certainty on how Autumn died was not widely shared outside of the police department, not by friends and family members who were in touch with her hours before her death, not by a firefighter who tried to revive her, and not by the independent forensic experts who reviewed the case records on behalf of the Times. Chills all over my body. Because literally an independent forensic expert came forward and is saying that that's not how it should be. Mm, flags. And not by the King County Medical Examiner Office, the authority, the authority, yes, the authority on how a person died, which found she'd been strangled to death, but could not determine by whom. 
Of roughly 2,300 deaths that the Seattle police responded to since 2017, the medical examiner hasn't been able to determine the manner of death in less than 3% of cases. Autumn Stone's death is among this small number where official ruling on how she died is undetermined. So the next few paragraphs just talk about like, just basically talking about like the statistics of how many cases by the SPD that are unsolved and how many this specific medical examiner um, autopsies per year. And then it goes on to talk about um, just like basically the Seattle police department says the lack of evidence that someone killed autumn is what the sh- is their like strongest evidence that it was a suicide. So it's, there's no evidence really of suicide. It's just a lack of evidence that there was anybody else involved in this. Okay. So yeah. then the last sentence before we move on to the revelation, which is the second part of this um, article, it says um, one per uh, forensic pathologist said the absence of something doesn't tell you anything at all, which I mean, yeah. So then we move on and it says a revelation. Autumn Stone was always smiling, sometimes more for others than for herself. When her parents divorced at 12, um, when Autumn was 12 years old, she tried very hard to make sure that I was okay and that I felt loved, her father said. Her mother, who was an addict, I'm sorry, who was addicted to alcohol, so she was an alcoholic, credited Autumn with helping her get sober. In high school, Autumn developed ulcers from stress and dropped out later getting her diploma by the summer of 2019 her family members had never seen her happier than she was she was in love engaged to to marry her fiance tyler washington that september the couple had just welcomed their first child together autumn's second son and they lived in her grandparents spacious home in in everett as they tried to save up enough money to buy a place of their own At 9.45 p.m. on August 21st, 2019, a week before her death, Autumn stepped out to pick up food from a jack-in-the-box nearby. The baby was sleeping, and she left him with Washington, her fiancé, who didn't drive. She was gone only 12 minutes, but returned to find her fiancé and grandparents tending to the baby who was limp and gasping for air. Oh, shit. I was not expecting that to Fuck, that sucks. The baby survived but was diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury and broken ribs. As doctors worked to save the infant's life, they determined that the injuries could have been accidental. Couldn't have been. That's Two days later, uh, state child welfare workers sat down with Autumn in Washington and a few other of the family members to explain that they were taking custody of the baby pending an investigation. After going over the medical evidence, the state officials said Tyler's past also played a part what past autumn says autumn and her fiance had known each other since they were kids but had lost touch before reconnecting in 2017 she wasn't the one to google a boyfriend's name girl always always google the boyfriend's name and what state officials said took her breath away Washington had another child with a previous partner and pleaded guilty in 2014 to shaking his baby daughter when she was a month (gasps) old, causing permanent brain damage. Oh, my God. The Herald reported this at the time. I just snapped, he told an Everett police detective after failing a polygraph. He was sentenced to five years in prison and released after two. At that meeting in 2019... 
Washington apologized for not telling Autumn or her family, saying that that he thought they wouldn't have accepted him. Yeah. Yeah, no, nor would I have had a He said he pleaded guilty to protect his family but didn't commit the crime. Autumn broke off the engagement and Tyler moved out of the grandparents' house and they changed the locks. So then this next section says, gone without goodbye. Kimberly Adams had seen the Facebook post asking for prayers and knew something terrible had happened to her friend. At 9.36 a.m. on Friday, August 30th, she dialed Autumn. I've never had a conversation so ingrained in my brain, Adams said. Her friend's voice had the sound of an mama bear growling. I know that type of conversation. And that's like where you want to be like, where's he at, girl? I'm coming right now. Blah, blah, blah. That's the type of conversation that is. Over 15 minutes, Autumn let her in on the past nine days. A blur of tears and prayer, phone calls and meetings with social workers, doctors, lawyers, and the police. A criminal investigation was pending. Her parental rights were on the line. She was distraught at what had happened to her baby and that she wasn't allowed to visit him in the hospital, but she was determined to get her boys back. Yeah. There you go, girl. I mean, but she didn't know. Like, right, she wasn't even home. And then and she didn't even know about her fucking fiance. She had no idea. And she found out with the police and the social workers there. Like, what? Ugh. I know it'll be a long pro- process, but I have faith that eventually I will have my babies with me. She texted her father one, um, one night that week, signing off with a heart and a halo emo- emoji. So the day before her friend called her to just like check in based off of what the Facebook post said. Um, the Everett police detectives had gone into the house and taken like a few things of evidence. It was like a blanket, a jumpsuit, a car seat cover. And they told autumn and her mother that they were not suspects. Even after the split with Washington, autumn told the detectives that she had never seen him act violently. So Adams had worked, this is the friend again, um, Adams had worked with both Autumn and Washington in the Nordstrom Cafe in Bellevue. And she said she knew about Washington's criminal record and she thought uh, Autumn knew too. Everett police considered his prior conviction extremely extremely similar to what happened with his and Autumn's baby. And Adams also made the connection. I said it was him, wasn't it? Adam recalled. Adams recalled, Adams said that Autumn wouldn't name names because of the pending investigation, but confided one thing that she had withheld from family. She said, I'm going to get answers today. Adams remembered her saying, Autumn didn't elaborate on her plans, but she knew that there was an urgency in her voice and she stressed the word today. About a half hour after they spoke, Autumn sat down with a notebook that she had been using to drop, drop, jot down notes and appointments, and she began writing a prayer. This wasn't unusual for her to do in an undated journal entry, but apparently after her baby was born with the previous, the previous month, she had wrote her sons were her whole world, and I pray to you, Lord, to continue to surround us with your love and angels, concluding with an amen. So now at 1026 a.m. on August 30th, 2019, she appealed for her baby's healing. Thank you for all the blessings you have given given me in my life, my two beautiful sons who are my whole world, she wrote. I love my babies and every piece of my heart, with every piece of my heart, and I would do and will do anything and everything I need to make sure that they have the absolute best lives possible. She wrote, 
um, basically with like hearts and underlinings and then the word will and all men. Autumn told her mother that she was going to Green Lake Park where she would occasionally go with family for a walk and a pedicure. She also made plans to visit her toddler son who was with his father, Jake, Jacob Johnson, later in the day. Johnson had taken custody of their son the week prior and had filed a petition to limit Autumn to supervised vi- visits only, a step that he felt forced to take by child welf- welfare workers and not over any other concern about her as a parent. So basically, they forced him to do this. He believes that the the last text that he received from Autumn confirming the visit was around 1.30 or 2 p.m. At 11.31 a.m., Autumn called her mother to say that she had arrived at Green Lake. It was more of a just, I wanted to touch base with you and let you know that I'm okay, you know, with everything that's going on. And uh, it wasn't like a goodbye, her mother said. It was more of like, okay, I'll see you later today type of deal, okay? So at 11.51 a.m., Autumn texted her stepmom thanking her for sending a photo of the baby and telling her about plans to meet with the police. I should be able to talk with the police more on Tuesday for a polygraph, she wrote. Her 2013 Hyundai was parked in the Green Lake Community Center. From there, a popular path traces the lake's curve bending north and west over a mile to a pebble beach. Oh my god, that sounds so nice. It was here around 3.30 p.m. that two young girls paddleboarding along the lake remarked on what they thought mistakenly was a turtle. Nothing that indicated a homicide. The police officers who responded to Green Lake were confounded by the scene of, of Autumn's death. How did she end up in the water? That's a good question, right? One of the officers said. Right, and then nobody saw a damn thing, right? A second officer replied. I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right. They agreed with each other. A firefighter who helped retrieve Autumn from the lake had never seen a death like this in all of his decades of work for the Seattle Fire Department. I don't think anyone could have done this to themselves, he says later. The paddleboarder who discovered the body told police that he'd seen a man sitting on the beach nearby. His wife also saw the man, who was about six feet tall with a salt and pepper ponytail, who hurriedly left the area after hearing and seeing sirens approach. It wasn't clear if they saw a different man, but when police, but police never located anyone matching their description. Police found only one other person in the immediate vicinity, and it was a 47-year-old man lying in a hammock who had multiple protection orders and an outstanding warrant with a misdemeanor domestic violent case. After weighing whether to detain him, officers decided to only his only connection to the death was that he was nearby and let him leave, which that's reasonable, you right. know. As the officer searched for evidence of a crime, the homicide detective named Ed Garcia arrived, a low-key SPD veteran, low-key, what does that mean, um, of nearly 30 years. He looked at the scene like a canvas and began to read from it. Garcia saw no signs of a struggle or marks on the body from being dragged. In the photos taken at the crime scene, Autumn's knuckles appeared reddened or scraped with a cut on one finger though the coating of dirt on the camera (laughs) focus makes it difficult to tell. Okay, clean your fucking camera if you're a crime scene photographer. Yeah, that's not an excuse. I clean my camera and I just take pictures of myself and that's it. And my cat. 
A forensic pathologist who examined her said that she saw no injuries to her hands after cleaning off the de- the debris. For the detective, the body was a main piece of ev- the main piece of evidence, and the story written there bore no traces of a homicide. I've got to tell you, he later told Autumn's mother, "We completely and literally have zero homicidal marks that we can look for. Nothing besides nothing that indicates a homicide." Autumn's phone had been damaged in the water, and SPD couldn't retract any d- data from it. What? Yeah. What? This is in 2019. Then we're not talking about like a 1990s case. Yeah, figure it out. Put it in rice. Did you try rice? Yeah, let's try it in rice. But anyways, basically, there's a lot more on this. And I'm going to also link this in ours. Yeah. This is a very, very long article. But I wanted to tell you guys the case and read it. Because when I was reading it the first time, like, this just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it, thank you so much, Chris, for writing the, like sending this in. This makes zero sense to me. It's almost like the police don't give a shit. Yeah, or like they're like this they, crazy mother. They're like writing her off as this crazy mother. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And like you don't just, I, you don't strangle yourself like that, right? And then Adams, the friend, was like she was being really adamant that she was going to get answers today. So was she planning on going and visiting Tyler, her right. ex? Because that's where the family met up, is Green Lake. Exactly. And, like, that's what I would probably do. I'm like, we need to talk about this. Yeah. But then I find it weird that she might have known about this and maybe ignored it. But I don't know. Yeah. Shit. I don't know. That's I don't a know crazy either. case. I, th- I mean, if you ask me who did it, I'm going to tell you it was the fiancé, ex-fiancé. Yeah. But I don't know. And I wonder, like... What the, where the, does the fiance have an alibi? You know, what's that story? Like, there's a lot of questions with this. Definitely hopping on Reddit later. Yeah, All over the shit. All over the shit. But that's a wrap on our creepy account. Yep. So thank you so much, Chris, for writing that in. Thank you so much to Valerie, uh, Chelsea, and Samantha for submitting your stories. If you guys have a story of your own, Morgan, tell them where to send it creeps and crimes podcast at gmail.com you guys know the drill it can be literally anything anything even if you just want us to talk about a case just like Chris. anything send that shit in because this is so fun for us yeah we love it it's my favorite part we love it thank you guys thanks so much for sending these in and we will see you guys this thursday for episode 30 mother fucking 35 what yeah we're fun now all right thanks guys Bye. bye